So do you think there has ever been over 12,000 hospice nurses in one place? Now, if you ask this question 20 years ago, the answer would definitely be no. But now I think it's actually possible. And today we're going to meet somebody who has helped that happen. This is James Dibbon, and welcome to the Hospice Nursing Podcast. Well, hello, fellow nurses all over America, and I thought it would be fun to look at my stats a little bit today, and I am welcoming nurses, hospice nurses specifically, from over 381 cities across America, so thank you everybody for listening to this show and supporting it the way you have. Um, very excited, so yeah, this is your show. This is the only show that I can find, and if you find one like it, let me know about it. But this show is dedicated to hospice nurses and specifically helping you have success in your job. You know, something that I have talked about on this show is the fact that I believe hospice is 80% psychosocial and really, I feel like most of the time, only 20% medical. And because of that, we are impacted as nurses psychosocially as well, aren't we? We really are. And so this show is dedicated to helping you be successful in hospice as a hospice nurse and avoid the burnout that so many nurses struggle with in hospice. And we know they struggle in all different specialties, um, but my specialty is hospice. So um, I am your host, James Dibbon, with ConfessionsOfAHospiceNurse.net, and I want to thank you for joining us. And so this week and for this episode, we are going to break away from the hospice burnout series and we are going to have a wonderful conversation with Chris, who who started the hospice nurse nursing hospice nursing support group on Facebook. So, Chris, welcome to the show. Hi, and thank you for having me. So, I was very excited to get you on the show. I've been a part of this group for a little while. I haven't even looked to see when I joined it at first. Um, but I joined a while back and then, uh, as I started to write some blog posts and, and you guys were gracious enough to let me share them on there. And, um, and so then I started doing the podcast and let me share that as well. So I wanted to have you on the show to talk about your, this Facebook group and how it came about and just review some different things and kind of. What I want really is for a lot of the members, because I think that's where a lot of our downloads come from is this group. And I want them to get to meet you and get to know you a little better and give you a chance to talk about what you've done and what you've created there. So thank you for being here. Thank you. And so just a little bit about my background. I'm obviously a hospice nurse. Um, I have been working in hospice since well, I've been a hospice nurse since 2014. 
Before that, I was a hospice CNA, and before that, I was a hospice volunteer. So I've been involved with hospice now for about 15 years, which sounds crazy. I make myself feel really old when I say that. (laughs) But (laughs) I uh, mostly, when I worked, um, when I started out in hospice, I started in the inpatient center and then had a brief and unsuccessful stint as a manager and <laughs> it's not for everyone. I'll just say that. Right. And then I moved back to the field. So I actually work in the admissions area now. So my company has a dedicated admissions team. Um, and now I work, you know, obviously in patients' homes, wherever they, wherever they call home to enroll them into hospice care. And it's been a pretty awesome career with some peaks and valleys along the way. Um, but I've, I've really loved being a hospice nurse. And I would be remiss not to mention that our group actually, while it's mostly hospice nurses, there are a fair number of other members of the IDT. We have some social workers. We have some physicians, some NPs. I believe we also have a couple of hospice pharmacists in the hospice group on Facebook and some social workers, some volunteers, some doulas. So we really want to make this Facebook group a welcoming space for, uh, you know, for all, all the members of the hospice team that call hospice their home. Yeah. So I'm curious, um, what made you decide to start the group? Yeah, that's a good question. So a few years back, we there was a, another group on Facebook that was a great resource. However, the group was a combination of hospice workers and hospice patients and families all kind of in the same pot together. And a few of us started noticing that there was some friction between the two groups understandably because it's difficult to convey the challenging aspects of the work that we do every day when you have very anxious and grieving family members of people who are dying also in that same group. And so I had mentioned in the group, you know, I kind of felt like this, this needed to happen. I said something like, you know, if I create a hospice group dedicated just for hospice professionals, would you all be interested in joining something like that? And I think Brian, one of our our, our chief moderator, um, <laughs> he he right away said yes. He would you know absolutely be a part of that. And then it was sh- only shortly after I created the group that I reached out to him because our growth was so kind of exponential that I knew I couldn't do this on my own. And so he fortunately accepted that role. And along the way, we've picked up a few more amazing moderators. We have Helen, um, who is someone who has a very compassionate heart and blogs her experiences in a really meaningful way. And after Helen, we picked up Mariah, who is definitely the group comedian and whose humor is always (laughs) just at the right time. And then we have Lauren, just an awesome you know, listener and great nurse. And then you, James, (laughs) another (laughs) blogger, (laughs) 
another blogger who has really great perspective on managing your um, time efficiently, effectively in the patient's home and willing to share your knowledge with other people, um, which I know we all appreciate. And that's where we are today. And now we have 12,500 or so members within the group. And we actually get about 500 requests to join this group every single month. Not all of them are approved to join, but we do get several hundred requests each month to join the group. And this has continued. This is continuously happening to us, which is a great thing, I think, because we really want to be a great place for nurses and other members of the hospice team to connect with each other, to voice the challenges that we face in our field and to share our emotions in a way that we can support each other. So yeah. Imagine somebody's listening to our show here, what we're talking about, uh, and and is not a part of the group. Uh, what would they expect to find if they joined? Um, you know, through through the if they joined the group, what would they expect to find in there? Uh, I'm throwing this. This is a curveball. I'm throwing at you a little bit, but it just makes <laughs> you me see think. My eyes. Yeah, I I've seen your eyes on me. that because that's that's not on the list. Um, but I, I think it, you know, it bears being said, you know, what do you, I mean, we're going to go over some of the rules here a little bit, um, just to kind of help some, some folks who are listening and getting a chance to meet you understand maybe why those rules are in place. But if somebody doesn't, maybe they don't even use Facebook and, you know, some of the young people now don't, they're on Twitter and Instagram and stuff. And maybe they're listening to this going, should I do Facebook to be a part of this group? What, what should they expect to find in there? Yeah, that's a, actually a great question because, you know, I've talked a little bit about the sense of community that we've created within the group, but there's also a lot of really great resources that I've created and uploaded um, that I continually sort of modify and add to over time. Just a couple of the things you can find in the group in one of the tabs, which I believe is called the units tab. Facebook is always renaming this tab. So I can't always remember what it's called, but I'll get back to that. But you're yeah. going to find, um, it's called the guides tab. So if you're in the group and you're looking at the top, you know, sort of, um, menu options under the guides tab, you'll find a lot of information, including a word document with a list of recommended reading for hospice professionals. Mm. You'll also find, uh, an opioid conversion video by, Lynn McPherson, who is a very well-known, uh, I think she's a doctor of nursing, might correct me if I'm wrong on that. Um, you'll find an ICD-10 code cheat sheet. You will find hacks, tips, and tricks for the MacGyver nurse, which has been <laughs> compiled by all of the members of the group. You know, just some, you know, hey, did you know that you could do this with a 60 ml syringe? Um, and I didn't mean that in an inappropriate way. <laughs> But there's lots of clinical tips and tricks. There's a lot of information about how to get your hospice certification. You know, the some study recommendations for the hospice exam, a whole list of uh, hospice documentaries, um, places where you can get free continuing education, and like way, way more. Nice. Okay. I'm... That's, I'm glad I asked you that question. That wasn't necessarily a planned question, but I'm glad it came up because um, I think a lot of people don't realize those guides are there. Um, so this will help get that out a little bit. 
Um, all right, so share some other stats with us. I know that was something I was curious about. Just some stats, oh, yeah. if you have anything have from to, the group. I had to do a little bit of digging because I there is a whole section in the the on the back end of the Facebook page where we can find some demographics of the group. So I discovered this today that the busiest day for posts is Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. So I don't know what it is about, you know, I guess it's after breakfast and coffee that, you know, people are flocking to the site to post things about their week. But that is the most popular day followed closely, I believe, by Wednesdays, surprisingly. I also discovered that the gender of the group is 96.6% women, 3.3% men, which is not surprising (laughs) given the demographic of of most hospice nurses, and then a 0.1% custom gender. Hmm. We have the most of the people in the group are between the ages of 35 and 44, and that's probably you know, reflective of the demographic that uses Facebook, followed closely by the age demographic of 45 to 54. And we have hospice workers, mostly in the U.S., granted, most of us, most probably 90 plus percent of us are in the U.S. We have nurses or other hospice workers in Canada, the U.K., New Zealand, Australia, and surprisingly, we have Croatia, Taiwan, the Netherlands, Norway, and South Africa. Wow. Our top city, can you guess what our top city for hospice professionals is? And this is all data based on what's public on a person's profile. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm supposed to say New York, but I'm not going to. Um, So top city, though? Top Um, city, members that live in the top city in the group. Well... Let me see. So uh, I'm throwing you a curveball now. You are. I deserve it. It's awesome. Just guess. Just Um, guess. Okay. (laughs) Dallas, Texas. Did you cheat? Nope. Well, you were close. It was San Antonio, Texas. Wow. So I I was surprisingly close. Wow. I believe they're only like a six hour drive. My my top city is Dallas, so that's why I said Dallas, because I looked at, for the downloads of this show, Dallas is my top city. So, wow. Okay, well, that so, would make sense. I was, I was going to guess Atlanta, Georgia next, because hospices, there are a lot of hospices um, in, in Georgia, in the state of Georgia. Um, just some, because so, I worked with a medicist, and they have a lot of offices down there, I know that. All right. Any other stats that you got together? Anything else? I think those were the most interesting that I found. I could tell you who the top poster is, but I don't want to call them out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. Uh, Well, I'm leaving that decision up to you since you created the thing. (laughs) Uh, That's great, though. (laughs) Oh, tempting as it is. Right. So... So when we were visiting um, the other day, we were kind of talking about some ideas for this show. We, you talked a little bit about another group that you've kind of helped out. And I want to get a feel from you because we're going to talk about some of the rules we have in the group. Um, and I don't want, I mean, rule talking can get kind of dry and boring if we're not careful. But 
I think I think it can be kind of hopefully it'll just become useful to everybody who's there as a reminder and just allow us to kind of flush out some you know some concepts that will still be beneficial to our listeners. Um, but tell, you know, share with all of us a little bit about your experience with another group that you've helped and how that has helped you kind of shape the way you're running this group. Cause it's big, it's a big responsibility. It is a big group and that's why I'm so grateful. I don't have to do it alone. Unfortunately for this other group, um, I was asked to, man, what a mess. Uh, we have this state Facebook group for nurses in the state where I live and unfortunately, algorithms and fake accounts that exist within Facebook made it very easy for spam or fake accounts from like a, you know, an account farm in, in another location to kind of start mass spamming and joining the group. So the group had very little quality content and they continued to get spammed by, you know, these spam accounts who were trying to sell products to the people within the group. And so some of the nurses were posting, understandably, that they were frustrated with all of this, you know, very irrelevant content that had nothing to do with why they joined the group. And so I, I messaged the team, the group admin, and kind of made a few recommendations to her based on how we run the hospice Facebook group. And she wrote me back and said, can you help me? <laughs> <laughs> So I was reluctant because this, uh, you know, I have the hospice group, which is my main responsibility. And this is just something that you and I and the other moderators do in our free time. You know, none of us get paid to do this work. We have to consider the other responsibilities in life that we have. And so I was reluctant to help, but I did feel really bad about it. And I wanted the group to be a quality space. So I did agree and the group is, I think, up to fourteen or 15,000 members, uh, nurses in my state now. And I set to work immediately to kind of get rid of all of these spam accounts. And there were so many. I want to say it was like close to a 1,000 accounts that I ended up deleting. And unfortunately, because I wasn't able to locate every single account, it's because I think of the way the algorithms on Facebook work, it's it's made it easier for those accounts to find the group and join the group. But I've set up some group rules, questions that people have to answer when they join the group. And so one of the join questions in the other group is what is our state bird? So a spam account, this is what the response will be. I love New York. <laughs> okay. That's definitely not our state bird. So you're not getting in the group. So I delete the request. But there were no group questions set up previously. You could just hit that join button and suddenly you were in the group. And so that was partly why the group ended up getting spammed repeatedly by these other accounts. And it was just a really big mess. But now it's really been cleaned up and it's a, you know, all of the content is much more appropriate to what the group was intended for. Okay. I, I like it. It makes sense. So, um, so if we are going to look at some of the rules, I think we want to kind of review and some of these, a couple of the rules I kind of picked and then one you wanted to make sure we talked about. So we'll just talk, we'll start with one of the rules because there's, there's a few of them and they, they, a lot of times they make sense, but sometimes the ones who 
the the rules that are the most obvious are the ones that are the ones that we all struggle with the most. So um, one of your rules is use your kind social media voice. And the, when you when you uh, when you ask to join the group, that's actually one of the questions is you ask people to summarize that rule. So tell me why you have that rule in there. Yeah, that's a really good rule. I There's a couple of reasons why this is really important. One of them is that it is much more difficult, as you know, to read tone when you're writing or posting something on Facebook. And so I think that often people, when they're saying something to someone else, may not intend to sound a certain way but it comes across that way because you lack the visual cues of seeing the person mm-hmm. and having a real conversation with them. And we know, I think it's like 80% of communication is nonverbal. So all we have on the internet is that verbal component. And so I don't want people to accidentally post something that could be misconstrued as being unkind or hurtful or cruel There's the second part of that, which is that sometimes people mean to be cruel or kind on the internet because they are not in front of someone having a conversation. And it's easier to be that way with a computer screen that you're looking at instead of a human being with feelings and emotions sitting in front of you. So that's why this rule is so important for a group like this in the work that we do. And I think that we need to be mindful of the words that we use to communicate ourselves in a setting like this, where we want to have a very safe space for people to come together and talk about our challenges and our, you know, our good days and our bad days and support each other in that without being unnecessarily unkind about our experiences. And you, some of the members may have noticed that we, we shut down that commenting very quickly and will delete comments and unfortunately have removed a few members from the group who were not able to abide this rule. And that's okay. It's not maybe the place for everyone to be, but for those who choose to be in the group, we want it to be a place where they can feel safe to communicate. Yeah. You know, years ago before I got into hospice, I worked in community mental health And one day a week I would work in our clinic and do the pediatrics. The kids came in one day a week to see the psychiatrist and I would like, I was an LPN at the time. So I would just get the vitals, introduce them. And I tried to make that fun. I had these goofy clown shoe covers I would wear, um, and just do stuff to keep it interesting. But I had, I, at one point I finally had to put a sign on the wall because I would have so many parents who just didn't talk to their kids very nicely, which seems strange, but it happens. I mean, it's a reality of our world. And I finally had to put a sign up on the wall that says, your words have power, use kind ones, use good ones, you know? And I think that applies here is that we don't ever want to, you know, I, I, I wrote something down here for myself to think about is you can't raise yourself by lowering others. And, you know, it doesn't accomplish anything when we're unkind, especially to our fellow nurses. You know, we're this work is as nursing in general is just a national crisis level almost right now with as hard as we're all working in all the hours. 
And like you said, we need to be able to come to a place like this and share our thoughts and feelings and like be nice to each other about it, you know? And I, and I've watched like when you guys made me a moderator, I didn't do anything for at least a week. I just watched, I saw how you guys handled different things. You know, we would, you, you would discuss the behavior of other folks and what they're doing. And we would try to, you would try to reach out to them and say, Hey, you need to clean this up a little, you know, and, and you guys are quick to go to somebody's rescue. Who's being talked to inappropriately or somebody who's becoming verbally aggressive. And I mean, I think that's saying a lot that, that this group that it's kind of managed that way. I've been a part of groups years ago, message boards and stuff where it was like, we'll just police ourselves. And that just doesn't really work, you know, and just, we're not going to moderate anything. Just say what you want to say. And it always just becomes very, um, it just devolves. (laughs) You know, even back in the day when AOL had chat rooms, there were all there were moderators for those rooms too. And would it surprise you to know that I was an AOL chat room host? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was so fantastic. I got free AOL if I did two hours of chat moderating a month. And it, you know, it funnily enough, I actually made a couple of friends through that that I still talk to to this day. And this was back in the era of dial up modems. <laughs> that is funny. I've got some connections just like that through message boards and stuff way back then. So there you go. Dating ourselves. I guess it's okay. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here's one of the rules I picked. And I think this is an extremely important rule as well is it's respect everyone's privacy. What made you decide to tell me the story behind that one? Stay with us. We'll be right back. I have had some members at the hospice nursing community request some kind of a support group to help fight burnout. And so I have started two burnout support groups at the hospicenursingcommunity.com just to help everybody. And so these support groups meet twice a month on the second Thursday and the second Sunday of the month. And so we're going to be doing that. And I wanted to make sure you understood or knew that these will be faith-friendly support groups. And it doesn't mean they'll be preaching or anything strange like that. But I might use devotionals. I might pull something out of the Bible, maybe out of Psalms or something. But just there might be sections of the uh, of the group that deal with matters of faith. And, and I hope that is of interest to you. Uh, it can be found in the community events uh, section of the community. So if you would consider joining, I think it would help you. It's going to help me. I need it, I think, as much as anybody does. So join a burnout support group at thehospicenursingcommunity.com. So there's a little bit more to expand on with that particular rule, and that is the the second part of it, which includes that screen captures from within the group are not to be shared outside of the group. And that is the key to this rule because we recognize this book book, (laughs) this group is a really big group and there is a strong possibility that some of our coworkers and managers and directors are also in the same group. So respecting the privacy within the group means that we're not screen capping 
in the group and sharing that information with our managers or directors with the purpose of getting someone else in trouble. So we feel very strongly about this rule. Fortunately, we do have a post anonymously feature within the group, which is located right where you go to make a post. There's a little button that says post anonymously, and this will protect the identity of the person who wants to make a sensitive post. And some of the members have tried to post something, they've submitted something to be posted that we feel is not the greatest idea and we may decline that and recommend that they post it anonymously for this reason. We really don't want people getting in trouble with their managers and that is not an appropriate use of this group. If there are concerns about something someone is posting, it should be handled between the person who is concerned and the person who is posting. Um, but we just don't allow this in the group. It's just not, it's just not right. And we have unfortunately had to remove two or three members over the years that we've had the group who have done this. And so that is why that's a hard and fast rule within this group. It's almost a zero tolerance rule. <laughs> Because if we find a lot of times, if we find out, it really some, is. Yeah, if we find out somebody has gotten into trouble and like practically lost their job or did lose their job, that'll get you out of the group pretty quick. Yeah, we really don't have any tolerance for that, and that I don't want people to be scared about posting in the group or you know or joining because you're just worried about what you know what you might post or. Um, you don't want to get in trouble with your work, but I would say, you know, have some personal responsibility. Check what your company's social media policy is. Are you allowed to post about work on Facebook as long as you're not being, you know, real specific about the details? Uh, you know, second, are you worried about the content you're posting maybe getting into the wrong hands? If you're at all worried, you can use that post anonymously feature and you can even reply to comments with, within your own post and no one will see your name. And that's why we set up the group to be able to do this feature because we do want people to feel that this is a place they can come to talk about their work. Um, and if someone is in the group thinking about reporting their colleague, I would say maybe this isn't the greatest place for you to be. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's okay too. Like I said, sometimes it's just not the best fit for every single person. And I totally understand that. But that can't be the intent of the member who wants to be part of this community. Yeah, I I think it's great, you know, and, and also and part of it is because you're not obsessed with making sure this group is huge. You just want the right people to be in it and for it to be helpful, you know, and that so you have the right motivation. And I think that's important. And that's why we are very you know particular about when people request to join the group they must answer the join questions. They must be working for the hospice team. And, you know, I've had other nurses from other disciplines trying to join the group because their loved one is dying on hospice. And while I feel for them in that moment that they want to reach out to us, this is not the right forum for that because this group was created for the hospice team to reflect on our work together and not a place to, um, address grieving family members, even if they are nurses, mm -hmm. this isn't the right group. There is another, a couple of other great groups for people who are not hospice professionals, but this is not the group for them. This group is really a community for hospice professionals.
I'm gonna I'm gonna make a note for myself here um, because I want to include those links in my show notes so that if somebody is listening to this who maybe is a layperson and they but they want to connect to a community that can help them if they've got a loved one in hospice or something like that. So I'm gonna scribble this for a second. Let's uh, while I scribble my note, I'll ask you about uh, another question here. The or the rule, no lateral violence, bullying, and SNF versus ALF. So I'll let you go off on that one. <laughs> yeah, that's another really important component of this group because we know that bullying is a problem within um, within nursing as a whole. And it's happened for generations. It's going to continue to happen, but this is not the place for that to happen. We really feel strongly that this group should be a place for nurses to lift each other up. And because our group is primarily nurses, we don't want people to feel bullied for the decisions that they've made clinically. And we also don't want to bully other nursing specialties specifically nurses that work SNF and ALF, so skilled nursing facility or assisted living facility for any of the lay people that might be listening. There seems to be kind of a constant friction between this subset of nursing and the hospice profession because of our shared patient or client relationship. And there are often goals that are not cohesive. Um, and perceptions that exist about one profession versus the other. So I've had my, you know, experience and I still do working within those settings as a hospice nurse. And I can empathize with how challenging that specialty is. Are they always the most positive interactions? No. Um, but I don't think that trash talking the specialties or talking badly about them does serves us well yeah. as a whole. It just, it gets really ugly. And some of the moderators, I don't want to say the person's name in case mm -hmm. this person doesn't want to list what they do. But one of our moderators has a lot of experience working in these other settings and understands inherently what it's like for hospice nurses working within the setting of a skilled nursing facility or assisted living facility. And I can only imagine what challenges these nurses are facing in their environment and what their perspective might be on our team and what we're doing in their building. So I just feel like this is a really important concept for us within the group to, to do well, let's do better for the, you know, for our profession and for nursing as a whole and not carry this bullying torch on. We want to shut that down as quickly as possible while also being, you know, understanding and compassionate that we do have frustrations that exist and some tension that exists between us. Um, there are solutions that we can work toward together as a team for the best outcome for the patient. And it just, it's not always is, it's not a very easy answer much of the time. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, the nurses who do work in those facilities, they have plenty of stories about hospice nurses who come in and aren't respectful of them. So it really is a two-way street. I've seen in my share of hospice nurses not be very nice to 
you know, facility nurses. So it, it is about mutual respect and understanding. We all still had to take the same test to get the, to do the, to do this work, you know, nationally. And, and everybody does have the patient's best interest in, in, in mind. And it's about working together. Um, and just like I said earlier, we can't lift ourselves up by pushing other people down. Um, so I, I, I liked that rule, you know, because it is easy to get caught up with, if you do have a bad experience, you want to air it out. But, um, you know, like you've said before, it's better to, to get with that person individually and discuss with them rather than coming on here and building up bad. And I'm going to be, we'll be doing a future show about how to work with facilities and he's going to be coming on that moderator's coming on the show and we're going to we're planning that already because um, i think he's going to be able to help all of us and help our listeners um understand the other side especially a lot of us haven't worked into that specialty you know and so they've got stories too so i'm looking forward to doing that um okay so Let's see here. I think we'll, I, I think we can skip one of the questions here just in the interest of time. Um, especially since I added one on earlier, <laughs> but I, I wanted to ask you this. So, so now let's pretend that you're in front of all 12,000 of these nurses who are part of this group. And it sounds like before long, it'll be 13,000 <laughs> as quick as people are asking. So if you had the microphone and all 12,000 of these nurses were all in one room, what would you want to say to them? Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you are new to hospice or considering hospice, then in September of 2022, I created the website for you. I created the hospicenursingcommunity.com. What started out as a simple community has become a large library of video trainings. The hospicenursingcommunity.com now has over 45 video coaching sessions covering subjects such as bedside charting, the hospice comfort kit, the four levels of care, how to interview for a hospice job, and so much more. I just completed a seven-part series for case managers, and I'm getting ready to start a series on the PPS scale. The hospicenursingcommunity.com is available for just $4.99 per month for full access. Head over to the hospicenursingcommunity.com for hope, help, and encouragement. And remember, hospice nursing doesn't get easier. You just get better at it. So let's get better at it together. Oh boy. Well, first I'd run screaming because there's no way you could get me in front of an audience that size. <laughs> but I, I would say that something that has guided me in my professional life and that I think is really, really important, especially for a hospice, for a hospice nurse, you know, a discipline, which is extremely emotionally, um, we have a high emotional investment in our, in the work that we do. I think it's just really important to find something that is not work-related that you are passionate about and make that thing sacred. Don't let that become something that you can put aside or um, forget about. I Find something that you love to do. It doesn't have to be anything spectacular, but it could be something like taking a walk every day or you know, maybe you like to knit or crochet, 
set aside time for yourself to enjoy something and make sure that you're really investing in yourself to do well. Because if you, you cannot, what's that saying? You can't pour from an empty cup. Mm. You know, you have to make sure your own cup is full before you can pour it into others. And that will help you so much to stay engaged in this extremely challenging work and in this extremely challenging time, especially with, you know, in the pandemic, it's been really hard. Our mental health has been on the struggle bus, you know, myself included. I worked on the COVID unit for six months last year and, you know, everybody, everybody died and they were dying alone without their families and it was traumatizing. I thought I might die too. And I started having mental health problems. I started having panic attacks and it was a kind of a shocker. It felt like it came out of nowhere, but I also really was not managing my own cup very well. I wasn't filling up my own cup. I was spending much of the time kind of stressed about the work and the constant vigilance to try not to get COVID. And you know, it really, it really shook me. It shook me to my core. And it just kind of has emphasized to me that I needed to reevaluate how to stay engaged in my work that I love to do, but also take care of myself. And sometimes you have to ask yourself a really hard question about what is most important to you and make that, make that thing that you want to do, make that something that is sacred to you that you don't compromise. What's your sacred activity? Oh, I knew you were going to ask. <laughs> so I am an equestrian. I know that sounds super bougie, but um, I have always loved horses and have been riding off and on since the time I could say the word horse. I think my very first piece of art that I ever did was a horse that I made out of toothpicks and glued on a piece of paper. And I actually have a photo of this piece of art. If anybody ever wants to see it, it's delightful. Oh, let's put it and in the then, show notes. Uh, oh my gosh. Okay. I'll send it to you. So I've continued to make, you know, being part of the equestrian community, a big part of my life. And I recently just purchased my first horse with my wonderful husband's blessing whom I could not have done this without. Um, and my horses just really brought me a lot of joy. And, you know, I just really just love everything horse related. Um, have you ever heard this? There's two kinds of horse people. There's, um, you're either like a horse crazy girl or a crazy horse girl. <laughs> and I'll let you decide which one I am. <laughs> oh, okay. I like that. That's great. <laughs> That's great. Well, we'll definitely get some photos to put into the show notes, mix it up a little, just that my logo's getting awful boring and my face on the side of the website. That's the worst thing. So get a little something to uh, to to liven it up a little bit. Well, I like that, and it it, it is good. I th we all need to do that. As strange as it is, this podcast is becoming my sacred activity, even though it's talking about hospice. It's not the same as doing the work. Um, it's just a chance for me to get on here, and it's almost like talk therapy for me. And, you know, originally I thought maybe I want to monetize this at some point or whatever. I don't make any money on this, and I couldn't care less. I'm having fun 
interviewing folks like yourself, helping nurses, the emails that I get from people out there, it, this is becoming my sacred activity. And I, I can't quite do it as much as I would like to do it, but I have a lot of hot air, so I could probably do it more than I am. But, um, but I, that's such a great message to our nurses out there is what are, what a sacred activity that's, I'm just going to steal that whole phrase and at, I'm going to start asking my nurses at work as well. What is yours? Do you have a sacred activity? What is that? <laughs> so I think that's a fantastic maybe lead here into us closing out the show. Um, I want to thank you for coming on this show with me. This has been a lot of fun. This is our second chance kind of getting to visit. We kind of did a test run the other day, uh, which was, which was fun. And then this is, this has almost been completely different. You know, we've had some other things to talk about and share and, but it's been really, really good. So thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. This has been really fun and I really hope that it was meaningful in some way to, your um your listeners i'm sure that it that it has been so hey everybody out there thank you so much for joining us on the show um don't forget that i do have the listener feedback line at 816-834-9191 it has um I've been, people have been reaching out to me and, and requesting stuff and I get back to you as quick as I can. You can email me at james at confessions of a net, and I will um, respond to you as quick as I can. I am developing a tools section uh, based on stuff that we've talked about here and stuff that I'm creating so you can check the website for that. So I think part of what we've talked about today is really important and the importance of work-life balance. It's such an important thing that we all need. And so I hope that you will consider that today. What do you need to be have for your sacred activity? Something that no matter what, you are going to make sure that you make time for. And that is something that only you are probably going to know. So I want you to consider that as we start to close out this show and find your sacred activity. Another big thank you to Chris for joining us and uh, be sure to check out the website at confessionsofahospicenurse.net so that we can get you everything that you need. This has been Episode 7 of the Hospice Nursing Podcast for February 6th, 2022.